Hey, uh, lick, 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 lick my fucking balls. Lick, 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 lick my fucking balls. Hey, look, lick, lick, lick my fucking balls. Hey, what happened to fucking fucking trucker balls, kid? Fucking balls, liquor. Like the funniest thing I've heard on the whole fucking podcast, motherfuckers. Look my fucking balls. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? Oh, not much. I just I, got back from Minneapolis. I was about to ask you, how was the... Uh, it was a wedding, right? You went to uh, for the weekend for the wedding? Yeah, I love a wedding. <laughs> So uh, was it a weekend of just pure debauchery, unbridled debauchery? Pretty much, yeah. I'd never been to Minneapolis before. It's pretty cool. It's like if you, com- if Ann Arbor was really right next to Detroit and an hour and a half away, <laughs> so that's what, what Minneapolis would be like. College it, town next to a, a large metropolitan area. Yeah, and then and also you the added you do the added thing where you take all the like. Uh, unemployed poor people out of Detroit and all the abandoned houses and just kept the cool parts. You so know? are you saying like downtown Minneapolis is like Detroit but no black people? There's black people. They're just not, <laughs> you know, broke ass looking to shoot you in the face black people. Okay, so the the, the crack dealers are absent from the Minneapolis yeah. neighborhoods. Yeah, so there's a lot of cool bars and me and my friend got tossed out of a couple bars. So wait, wait a second. You were hanging out with our old uh, college crew, right? The college crew. The old college crew. And so you and uh, our friend Andy, right? We're out drinking and you two That's correct. Um you two got tossed. How do you get tossed out of a bar? At your age. You're I mean you're 34 years. Both of you guys well, are 34 you. years old. <laughs> we were kind of the the groomsmen, though unofficially. It wasn't that kind of a wedding. So is that, does that give you carte blanche to get drunk and violent? Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, so we were it's just expected. Okay. We hadn't seen each other in a while. We hang out like once a year, typically. And were, uh, so wait, we had, were you with the groom? Yeah, he was there. Okay, all right. He was. <laughs> he wasn't as drunk as us, because I think there's some hidden thing where if you're about to get married the next day, you don't get as wasted as you can possibly can, and make you know your wife to be sort of look at you sideways and be like, "What the fuck am I getting into?" But what what happened? Well, we had no uh, we had no re, you, you had know, no obligations no or obligation to stay sober actually. And uh, Andy's wife and my girlfriend weren't even there yet; they were coming the next day. Oh, so you so guys were completely so. free? Yeah, we were just doing shots of every little thing, and uh, they have a funny way of tossing you out of a bar in Minneapolis. I'm going to call it the Minneapolis toss. They don't actually throw you out, and maybe you know it's a very polite city. Everybody's nice there. They the wait. <laughs> they wait till you go out and have a cigarette. And then when you try and come back in, they're like, no. <laughs> you're like, what? They just block your entrance? Yeah, the guy asked me how many beers I had, and my friend said, you know, how many does it take to win? <laughs> What's the prize? <laughs> and the guy just said, you guys aren't coming back in here. Wow, was he like a big burly guy just 
you know, doesn't matter. Type. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. He had control of the door, and we were in no shape to to fight him to get into the bar. So, did you say goodbye to uh, your companions? No, or it was just pretty like close. Saunter off to the next spot. No, it was pretty close to last call. So we just ended up having a couple more cigarettes till everybody else came out. Oh, so you weren't like grabbed by the scruff of your neck and tossed out of the bar? That's what I'm saying. They don't do it like that in Minneapolis. They politely just wait for you to leave and then don't let you back in. It's very it's it's like kind one of those, diplomatic. You know, those I like fish that. traps where the Fish can push their way into the little gate, but then, or a crab trap works the same way. Yeah, where way. they can't get back out. They try to come back out. You know, the door doesn't swing that way. And that's, it was like that, but in reverse. You could get out, but you were so drunk that you couldn't get back. So you, you, you two didn't protest other than answering his question? We sassed him and then said, yeah, we're pretty drunk. I wouldn't let us in either. Did you recall when, uh, I think it was actually Andy's wedding when we all went to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I got tossed out of a bar, but I was physically thrown out of the bar. Well, they, if I remember correctly, and I probably don't, you, they cut you off first. You were trying to order drinks at the yeah, bar, yeah. and then I think you, you protested, which is not what you should do when you're that drunk. Well, I don't even and know if it's, you got if it's protesting or cursing loudly yeah. and threatening. Right. Yeah, and then tossed by a very large bouncer onto the sidewalk where I lay for a good 10 minutes. <laughs> and you guys didn't even come to check on my welfare. You're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's keep drinking. Did you expect us to? No, but I mean, uh, whatever. <laughs> there were big like, windows in the place. We could see you there. The, you know what? Uh, we were checking up Stevie on you. Stevie Wonder, Dionne Warwick, and a, a, a cast of other people sing a song called That's What Friends Are For. Uh huh. You would not have been invited to sing on that song there, Wackley. Good. I hate singing. <laughs> so, but all in all, it was a good weekend. I mean, was it like binge drinking or did you kind of t- did taper off during the ceremony and or reception time? There was a night. Okay. The binge drinking that I'm talking about actually happened on Thursday. So there was a res- rehearsal dinner on Friday where we kind of took it easy. And then, but yeah, no, at the wedding, all the gloves were off again. Once again, we ended up at drinking at Applebee's <laughs> <laughs> after the wedding. After we left the wedding, yeah, because we were just in one, a hotel, you know, that's like right off the side of the highway. It's not like there's cool bars around, but there was an Applebee's right across the street where. So this wasn't the wedding didn't take place in Minnesota or in, in Minneapolis. Min- no, no, no. The wedding was in this like little resort area that was further away, but we couldn't afford to stay right in the little sort of you know whatever tourist town. So we were back by the highway. Oh, so you guys are at like the Motel Six and walking across the street exactly. to the Applebee's. Exactly. You didn't get asked to leave the Applebee's, did you? No, <laughs> I don't think they do. We, I was filling my <laughs> mouth with nachos at that point. We were the cash cow of the Applebee's that night. Yeah, I could imagine. You know, I'm I'm kind of bummed that uh, you know that I missed it that I missed the wedding, and I do wish my you know the best to. I told uh, everybody send our best wished. wishes. Yeah, to, I told uh, everybody that, that you wanted married. to go, but you know, yeah, your Jew claws was. Gripping the cash. <laughs> Gripping the cash a little too tight. It's a recession. What do you expect? They understood. But uh, but anyway, I, I had a pretty um, rather fun-filled weekend, also involving a lot of drinking. Uh-huh. What and, went on? Yeah, you know, as uh, typical. But um, it, it all started on Thursday, much like your weekend, with the uh, uh, going to a show and uh, meeting a podcast fan. Tenderoni was in town. Yeah, I wanted to meet her and her boyfriend, but I, like I said, I was in Minneapolis. Yeah, she was quite bummed. She was like, God, you know, it would have been nice to meet Wackerly. And I was telling her, yeah, well, you missed out on uh, meeting a guy who kind of smells bad, drinks a lot, and uh, grumbles about everything. I assume she knew that about me <laughs> going into it. <laughs> but no, we were bummed that you weren't there because you'd had a lot of fun. She was a really cool girl. We had a great time. They actually came and uh, met me. at. I was going to a show at the Great American Music Hall. Great band named Shellac. I remember 
uh, Steve Albini from Big Black. He was playing a great American. She called me up and was like, well, what, you know, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, I told her, I was like, you know, emailed her saying, come to the show. And so she and her boyfriend ended up coming to meet us at the show. Did you tell her you were in the middle of rocking? She she made it right before the rocking started. <laughs> so I met her in time. And, you know, it's it's always interesting when you meet a PodCraft fan because you don't know what they look like. And they don't know what, you, what we look like other than the pictures on our forum or on our Facebook page. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that could be, you know, taking Did you have a hard time ago. locating each other? No, not at all. She was wearing a sick and wrong shirt that she had modified. She made it all sexy. Like, she cut the neck, like, the neck off. Like, you know how chicks do where it's like an open neck shirt? Yeah, turned it into, a, like, a low-cut shirt. Yeah, and then the I'm back, the back was all open, like, ribbed. Wow. And, yeah, it was nice. uh, definitely pretty hot. And uh, it, 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 I mean, she was so creative. I was surprised. I haven't seen anybody do that. Amazing. I, I didn't do that to my sick and wrong shirt. Uh, I didn't do it to my sick and wrong shirt. They <laughs> did it to my Keith and the Girl shirt, though. Well, yeah, but that's a sexy logo. <laughs> and my Keith and the Girl underpants. Those are also all uh, sexily modified. Well, it's good, because then it could show the sexy Keith and the Girl tattoo in the small of your back. Uh-huh. Exactly yeah. why I did it. Exactly. So we ended up getting really drunk. The show was great. And then they wanted to hit a bunch of tenderloin bars. So I know we ended up going to, like, Edinburgh Castle, where we saw... This woman just totally, like, completely bite it right off a stool. But, I mean, she fell hard, got back up. They put her back on the stool. Mm -hmm. And she's just kind of standing there wavering, just kind of sitting there. And then she tried to stand back up and bit it again. Well, the Scottish, they like to drink a lot. Well, I think uh, Tenderoni actually took a picture of her sitting there being consoled by her friend who just couldn't move her fat ass off the sidewalk. Oh, so she fell off the stool, but then she got put outside? Uh, like four dudes dragged her outside. I mean, she couldn't even walk. And then they just kind of left her there on the sidewalk. And this guy, I think, was trying to resuscitate her. I don't, I'm not sure. But she was just out. And so Tenderoni <laughs> took a picture of uh, me and her uh, boyfriend just kind of pointing at him. I saw that picture, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're definitely out. And then uh, we went to Hemlock. But, dude, by that point, I was completely wasted. And you can tell in those pictures that uh, she posted on the forum, like my eyes were already rolling in the back of my head. So yeah, they we ended. I ended up walking home, just kind of stumbling home, and I was cut. I cut up O'Farrell right by you know the Mitchell Brothers Theater and uh, mm-hmm. by towards the area where my brother lives, and that area is known to have some streetwalkers. Um, it's I know also I think, known to have some streetwalkers with dicks. <laughs> that's why you got to be on your guard. You got to be on your guard, no, unless but, you're looking for that sort of thing. That's the border, though. I think it's like Geary and O'Farrell is the border of like. Real hookers and tranny hookers. Now, trannies are to the north or the south? The south. Like, the tranny hookers are closer to Eddy Street. <laughs> okay. But I think if, like, if, if uh, the territories collide, there's uh, violence will ensue. And I don't even know if you call it a cat fight, because the no. trannies are big. The trannies are going to win oh, until yeah. the pimps come out. And then and then, then it's, yeah, then it's oh, on. They'll beat them back. Well, so, you know, actually, I don't even quite know exactly what the gender is of the uh, woman that was uh, talking to me, uh-huh. but I was stumbling Just not home. interested, so you didn't really care to find out. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even really notice her at first until she, like, tapped me on the shoulder with, like, this, uh, you know, this, this hand with this finger with this long, like, extended colored fingernail. But the it was multicolored. Tip. The yeah, nail, nail tip. tip. Yeah. She's tapping me on the shoulder saying, hey, hey. And I turn around, I'm like, oh, uh, hey, uh, how's it going? <laughs> She's like... You looking? And I look at her, and I get a good look at her. And at first, I thought it was because I was so drunk that it, that I thought her eyes were kind of like um, crossed 
crossed yeah. over. I thought she, like she was, you know, cross-eyed, but I thought it was her, me. Her two sets of eyes that were floating back and forth in front of your face. Well, you know how it's difficult to focus when you're when you're that inebriated? Right. So you closed one eye. I put and a hand like, over Damn, one eye. she is cross-eyed. <laughs> I was like, she really is cross-eyed. She was about maybe five foot one, some really nappy hair. I don't know, maybe Go 16, <laughs> 18. On. Hang on. <laughs> you need pants. to adjust. And uh, yeah, and she was completely cross-eyed, wearing like these Daisy Duke shorts. And she's looking at me. She's like, you looking? You want to play tonight? And I look at her. I'm like, no, no, not at all. And she t- can obviously see that you're drunk, right? So is that their game? I mean, does that work for them often that... Um they get they catch a guy off guard who's so drunk that he's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna fuck this crack whore. You know, I I think maybe I think that's what happens. You think that's the rationale? I think why there's they some go dudes after... out there who just like I always did want to fuck a crack whore, and, and tonight's and then, the night. I'm drunk enough. <laughs> it's on tonight. I'm pretty drunk, and I'm gonna forget about this in the morning. Yeah, but no, you know, I was drunk, but I was nowhere near that. I don't think I could be that drunk. Neither could I. I mean, I, I mean, just I'm so paranoid of everything. So I'm not work. even talking diseases, dude. Physically, this this woman was repulsive. Oh, I'm talking about, yeah, like getting in her my place and she won't leave or, you know, getting caught by the cops, getting a blowjob behind a dumpster or her pimp rolls me, you know? Dude, she was the type, if you're paying any more than $10 for a blowjob, you're mm-hmm. being charged too much. So anyway, we're walk- I'm walking back and it's still three blocks back to my house and she just refused to, to accept the fact that I wasn't interested. She's giving you the hard sell. Kind of, but then she was like, kind of giving me the hard sell at first, like, come on, come on, like pleading with me, and then it Won't became no for an then it became the sympathy sell, <laughs> where how like she hasn't made any money in like two nights, and Tyrone's gonna be pissed. I, I got I don't know kids, if his name is Tyrone or Lester. Out. <laughs> what? I don't want that. She hadn't been high for days, and was just giving, and then I'm like looking at her, yeah no, and I was trying to just ignore, her, but she was like right next to me, and I was walking really fast, so she was like struggling uh-huh. in her in her stiletto heels to like keep up with me oh they can they she could probably outrun you in those stiletto heels so don't let that affect yeah, your she, judgment. Probably, she, she could pierce me through the heart with those yeah. things those things are sharp but so we're walking back to my house and finally like we get to my house she's like hold up are you sure <laughs> just like this was after like a good five minutes of uh bargaining here or or not yeah, like, yeah. oh now <laughs> the truth comes out right, take it back no always bargaining. be prepared to walk away <laughs> that's the truth line of the jewish deal I, I take it back i, I misused the word not bargaining getting a sales pitch all right she was pitching her wares right. to me you're trying to ignore it to the best of your ability yeah and finally i get to my house and it's like i was all worried that she was going to try to slip in through the gate i just like gonna open up the gate shut it really quick i'm like i'm sorry you know have a good night and she was just like, she had this really dejected look on her face. I almost felt a little, you know, if I had now, tear ducts, if I, if I could cry. <laughs> well, okay, I have one question, though. I mean, did she have, like, any redeeming quality? If you had to pick her best, <laughs> her best asset, what would it be? As, the heels, her, her best, I, you know. She, she I, chicken high, high heels, that's kind of hot. She, she could, was she working the heels? She you know, nice really, tits. I would say maybe her ass was all right. Like, her right. her posterior was definitely uh, shapely. Okay, that's all I need. I, I would say that. But other than that, it was like, I mean, there are track marks on her arms and her legs. Cigarette burns on her knees. Mm-hmm. Or cigar burns or whatever they were. <laughs> I mean, dude, she was a tenderloin streetwalker. Uh-huh. Like, in every definition of the term. And so what was interesting to me is I was thinking, God, you know, she was so desperate. And it's just weird. Because usually, like, they'll ask you. And, I mean, you get proposition all the time. 
I mean, this one was cross-eyed, so maybe that's why she was so persistent. But um, you know, you get you get proposition all the time in this area or in any major city. But I was just like, why was she so persistent? Why did she follow me back three blocks? And then I read an article today saying that the recession has been causing tough times for sex workers all over the world. Hmm. But yeah, the, it makes sense. It but this surprises me. I've always thought that 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 the vices, drinking. You know, smoking, uh, drugs, sex, like those are untouched by recession. Um, well, most of those on that list are cheap, cheap vices, right? I mean, you can spend a lot of money drinking. Going but to you a can bar also, is expensive. Well, but you can also get drunk for really cheap, or you can go to a shitty bar and buy like $3 you well shots and give, yeah. the, give the bartender a 50 cent tip. But, you know, prostitution is kind of expensive. You know, you go to a strip club and get out of there for less than like sixty dollars, and see a lot of titties and come in your pants. <laughs> I guess it'd probably be about fifty bucks, but I mean, well, well I, I guess, guess we don't know what this uh, the going or, rate is. This crack or is probably pretty cheap, but at the same time, because there's a recession, maybe you maybe you move up a tier from the crack or, and that's where all her business went. Well, that's what I'm wondering. It's like I'm wondering if right now is the ideal time. To get a bargain with a hooker. A real hooker. A real, a real hot I'm, hooker. I'm talking escort here. I'm, I'm not talking crack whore on the tenderloin. I'm talking, you know, one of those escorts that Heidi Fleiss would have sent out that would have been like 500 well, bucks an hour. Yeah, don't don't overshoot the bank. Okay, <laughs> because but- those whores, I mean, they're like Elliot Spitzer whore, um, their clients are the type of people who aren't affected by the recession. You need like the double A league. Not the majors, not the minors, not the scrub league, but like the the middle range, the middle, the middle row. You know the the, the girls, happy median. Yeah, the girls who like would cater to like you know a mid level stockbroker who's now broke because like all his you know uh, equities went south you and know, he can't pay for it anymore, and now she's looking to like make some money. I don't know, Wacker. I think the entire gamut of uh, sex workers are affected by this recession, some way or another. <laughs> you think even the rich bastards who aren't affected by the recession are still know. like, "Babe, the economy. I'm only going to be paying fifty percent because I'm that big a dick." How do you think I got this rich? You know, I didn't get my ten million dollar bonus this year, and by uh, being nice, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be able to pay your thousand dollar an hour wage. Yeah, um, but no, so. Uh, uh, Perry Sidorsky here, who teaches at the uh, York University's Schulich School of Business, he said, if the sex trade is hurting, we are in the most serious depression since the 30s, 1930s. Oh, wow. This shows the magnitude of the decline. It is deep, and it's problematic when it hits the sex trade. So he agrees with you. It's like the last thing to fall. They're say- he's saying that if, uh, you know, if, it, if it actually starts hitting, you know, the sex trade, which is typically bulletproof. Everyone's always looking for sex. Sex is something that people are always going to crave. That's true. You know, and if that is affected, well, then we're definitely in a uh, serious recession here. No strings attached to sex, even more so. <laughs> yeah. So sex workers say their incomes began plummeting last fall, with Johns pleading poverty and haggling over prices and prostitutes bidding against each other. <laughs> So I don't get it. What are they looking for? The Jewish Johns? Uh, <laughs> Quit going for the Jewish Johns. Go for the waspy Johns. Yeah, the, the people ones who, too timid to haggle. Well, the ones who have 
guilt about the sex, not guilt about the money. Because the Jewish Johns have guilt about the money. They're not guilty about the sex. The wasps have <laughs> the guilt, wasps about, the have guilt about, about the sex. And it's like, here, have it all. I just got to get out of here back to my wife. I feel so bad. So you're going to give me a blowjob and you're not going to swallow. Come on. <laughs> oh, that tour last week, I paid her $200. I can't believe it. It was only worth 75 <laughs> I got $150 last week. I got a blowjob and I got anal. This week, I barely even get a handjob for 50 What's yeah. going on? What a world. <laughs> Don't go for the Jewish Johns. Go for the Waspy Johns. So this professor here wonders if the economic crisis is forcing more people into sex work and thereby increasing the competition on the street. This is like the invisible hand of Adam Smith. <laughs> Fisting all these fucking prostitutes. Just horribly, invisibly fisting them from the 1600s or whenever the hell Adam Smith was around. Probably later, 1800s. No, it's, 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 it's horrible to think that even these people are affected by our, our no difficult economic times. No one can ex- escape the invisible fist of Adam Smith. <laughs> but I've read that strip clubs are doing all right. I've heard that uh, strip clubs have actually been hiring even more dancers. I think because it's cheap. That's a cheap thrill. Like you feel like shit because you lost your job or you're, you know, you got cut back on your hours or whatever. And it's just like I gotta get do something to get my mind off this. I'm gonna go spend fifty bucks at a strip club. Well, I think also with a strip club, somewhat to somewhat degree, it's kind of like alcohol or cigarettes. It's somewhat regulated. It's a commodity. It's sold. Right. You know, they know that there's a price. Like it's twenty dollars for this lap dance where you're not allowed to touch them. It's $40 and you can touch their breasts. It's yeah. like $60 and they'll like, you know, grind your pelvic region. Right. You know, so they, they're set prices, kind of like alcohol and cigarettes. You know you what know? you're getting into. Whereas um, <clears throat> when you're on the street, it's an illegal act in the, in the first place. So that's, that's why... I see what you're getting at. That's where the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Jewish Johns, you know, come through. Because you can use your Judai powers. Do you haggle after the thing is over? That just seems like it's poor form. I, you know, I don't under. You know, it's. I haven't really had much experience with uh, prostituted like encounters, so I don't know. Do you pay up front right from the get go, or do you wait and evaluate the performance and pay at the end? <laughs> Did we ask that prostitute that I we had on the here. show? I wasn't here when she was on, but that's that, a good question. You should have asked it. I, I think you what, think at if the end, I was selling my ass, I would get the base price up front. And then I would try and get the tip afterwards. So you're saying, okay, but right up front, you'd be like, if she's like, okay, I want $100 and I'll give you oh, a little I'm sex not selling my ass for $100. It's no, going to okay. be like at least 500 <laughs> <laughs> What if it's Chuck Norris? His dick would split me in two. I wouldn't even do it. <laughs> It'd be, be the suicide. last thing I ever It'd saw. It'd be suicide. It was his penis coming from my butthole. So the, re- the recession here has seen the street price of oral sex, the most common service, plummet from $60 last fall to $20 today. Full service, which involves intercourse, has dropped from $150 to $80. $80 to get laid. I, see, I have no interest in getting a blowjob from a, from a whore and paying for it. I'll just beat off. But, you, but you're but full you would be more interested full in... Full intercourse in, for 80 bucks? Hmm. With the tip? Hundred dollars, even eighty bucks, twenty dollar tip. Hundred. I mean, when was the last time you got laid on a date 
and paid less than a hundred bucks for the dinner, the movie, the drinks. You know, I can't even remember. No, I can't even remember. Bargain. This yeah. is why they should be, you know, I don't know. They should be making it up on volume because of the recession. Well, that's why I've always, why I've always kind of found the uh, hookers to be somewhat alluring. It's just, you can go hang out with your, your buds, your bros over at the bar. Yeah. Drink until two in the morning, completely shit faced. And then walk down the street and you can find a hooker and then get laid for 80 bucks. Ideally, you'd have like a regular stable of two or three. Or an escort or something. But just, yeah, it would be an understanding that, uh, you know, I'm paying you for sex and I'm drunk and I smell like an ashtray, but here's some money and now get the fuck out. But you're getting this money, so don't even comment about my breath. Yeah. Um, So keep in mind... You're not going to kiss her anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. Uh, keep unless it's a girlfriend experience. Well, you gotta you gotta pay more. For pay that. a little extra for <laughs> and we're, that. We're talking about it's recession times. Remember, <laughs> you can't have the perks anymore. Yeah, I know. You gotta cut some things. You gotta cut some corners. So these prices, keep in mind that that I've been quoting here, um, are actually these are Toronto, Canada prices. So this study here was done in uh, the Toronto area. Canadian so dollars. I wonder what the going rate for oral is here in San Francisco. Like, I wonder how much uh, the cross-eyed crack whore was charging. Well, she would probably have been significantly less because she's cross-eyed. <laughs> well, and it's, yeah. The Canadian dollar is about, like, maybe 75% of the American dollar right now. Maybe, so what, what are you saying? Maybe more. So these, these uh, services probably are $40 now to get a blowjob here in the Yeah, Federal? but then again, you know, it's not, there's not like a clearinghouse where all the prices are set. <laughs> you know, it is all about your bargaining skill. It's a one-on-one transaction. It's where the she might know. She might know what the whore down the street is getting, or she might not. And you might be able to convince her that I was at this whore the other day and she gave it to me for 75 cents. <laughs> What about the rub and tugs, like the Asian massage parlors? I wonder if the prices have gone down at those places. Maybe, but there, once again, you know, they have uh, everything's a little bit more controlled, I think. And, you know, those Korean, yeah, they, those they, Korean they, madams, like they're not going to take a bunch of shit from you if you start trying to bargain. Yakuza will come out and chop your dick yeah, off. Yeah, you're going to find yourself in several pieces in the dumpster. Although, you know, for some reason, I don't know why, but. I find the Asian massage parlors to be a little bit safer than just going to a street hooker. Well, because you're inside. (laughs) (laughs) You're not coming back to your apartment. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not just the street prostitutes who are being hit. Escort workers, with both uh, those with agencies and the independents that advertiser wears on Craigslist, have reported a 15% decline in clients. But have they lowered their prices? Well, they said the clients they do have are scrimping. So uh, if they had previously paid for an hour, now they're going for half an hour. So or, once again, uh, they're not lowering their prices, but their customers are just consuming less of their product. They're cutting back. Or they, yeah. they used to have three sessions a month, uh, or now they have three sessions a month and not four. We should be like giving a, a, an economics lecture at the University of San Francisco, or maybe City College. The University <laughs> of the Tenderloin, right? Maybe City College. <laughs> How about the bus stop right up here on O'Farrell? <laughs> and this is the supply and the demand curve of uh, the pussy. Now, this is how much you could be charging. This curve represents the dicks, and this curve is the pussy. And where it intersects is your optimal pricing point. I don't so, know why I have this accent when I do my <laughs> economics lecture to the hookers. Because I don't want them to find me later. So, Wackerly, when you speak to hookers, you always try to sound like Bill Cosby? I thought it was a southern thing. Maybe <laughs> I, I am Bill Cosby. Like, Maybe, I, mean, yeah, I, I can see where you're going from. You'd be like, no, you're the pudding pop. I get it, yeah. <laughs> it's a doobie 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 doobie
Bubbles, 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 the pussy. Yeah, I so see what you're saying. An hour and a half in the prostitute's home with the client's towards the services used to be $250. And now they're asking for 60 or 80 mm. So, Wackerly, if you have the money, now's the time to get a hooker. While prices are low. Buy well, low. Dude, I mean, I bet you back then they wouldn't even do anal. Now, you probably can get anal for probably less than 200 bucks. <sighs> wow. <I don't> know. <laughs> it's great times we live in. <laughs> So one more interesting point here I want to make is that uh, one area here of Toronto, the Parkdale area, has always had the cheapest prostitutes, with females getting $20 for oral sex mm. and male prostitutes getting about 40 However, the men command higher prices and get double the amount of the females, about $80 for intercourse. And I'm kind of surprised by that. Really? I thought that, that women typically, like, okay, like, I'm, just, I'm just gauging this. Based on the uh, the dollar entertainment industry and in porn, women are, are are paid like what three times as much as men, two times as much as men. Yeah, but you're making a false analogy. You're talking about a woman and a man in a hetero porn. But what do like the top gay porn stars make? That's got to compare to what the top female hetero porn stars make, right? So yeah, I guess these. Uh, I don't know. I'm just. I, I, <laughs> I don't know, no, I'm but you know, I see your point. I bet. I bet you the gay prostitutes. I mean, in order are, are making. Yeah, I mean, they're probably making more because. Uh, <clears throat> Plus, there's the whole thing that if a gay guy wants to get laid, he can go out to a hookup club and find some dude pretty easily and not have to go to a whole. Gay guys, we've mentioned before, can get laid on the bus. So they the dudes, go to a rest stop. Yeah, the dudes who are going to gay prostitutes are the repressed in the closet gays who are who, willing to who pay. Can, more. Yeah, and it could never be seen at a at a bar or even have the remote possibility of being seen at a gay bar. So they're paying a premium for this like an anonymity and secrecy. And plus, think about it this way too: most of the guys seeking the services of a female cheap crack hooker. That's on in this area here for 40, giving forty dollar blowjobs is probably a Mexican guy named Jorge. Whereas like the dudes that are you know closeted and intimidated, they're seeking out the services of Fabio yeah. over here. They're probably upper class, probably upper class, and probably have a lot more money to spend on it. No wonder they can pay an extra eighty. Mm-hmm. So this one prostitute, um, high school dropout here named Anna, she says, "I don't do anything for twenty dollars. I wish they printed forty dollar bills because all I see these days are twenties." That's crack or thinking. <laughs> That's crack or thinking. I so, wish there were forty dollar bills. So wackily, that would solve all my problems if Obama would mint a forty dollar bill with his face on it. So, but in the Wackerly School of Economics, you'd be like, there are no such thing <laughs> as forty dollar bills. <laughs> That's a pipe dream. Bills. <laughs> you got to get rid of it. She says, as difficult and as dangerous as is, as it is to survive as a street prostitute. She isn't looking for work elsewhere. And this is, I think, the rationale of most street hookers. I still make more than if I was working at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So, in closing, I think people, if right now, if you've ever wanted to have the hooker experience and you have a little <laughs> extra money on the side, go do it. Seriously. I mean, you can haggle. You don't even have to be Jewish and you can get a bargain. Yeah, I would never pay a hooker for the girlfriend experience, but I would ask my girlfriend for the hooker experience. <laughs> <laughs> How much would that cost? I don't know. At maybe. least a dinner at Olive Garden. I'd have to order an extra appetizer or something. <laughs> go, Just, not, go, instead of going to see like a movie I want to see, go see you know The Devil Wears Prada or something. Or Love Actually that, that'll get or you something. The, that'll get you the hooker experience. Or The Notebook. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that, should, that should get more That's than That's like hooker five experience. hooker experiences, okay? <laughs> Just remember, kids, wear a condom. And uh, speaking of condoms... 
Just a little word from our sponsor here. People, you know Sick and Wrong is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Make sure you go and patronize our uh, fair and uh, and uh, quite um, generous? generous sponsor. <laughs> that's, that's the word I was looking for. Fair and generous. Yeah. If you order anything right now, you get 50% off almost any item. When you type in Diddle, which is Sick and Wrong's uh, coupon checkout code, right at the end of your order. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, Listen to this generosity. They'll throw in a free gift. So not only do you get to get your dildo or your butt plug or your fake vagina thing that you like to have sex with, you also get a free gift. Uh-huh. So it's it's like... No you, hooker's going to give you a free gift. No. Unless I, it's like syphilis. <laughs> or the clap or something. Yeah, exactly. So get 50% off with offer code DIDDLE at adamandeve.com today. Seriously, go buy a dildo. And then, uh, yeah, you don't have to run the risk of catching syphilis from a hooker. And for our waspy listeners out there, you know, you don't have to haggle. You don't have to go through that uncomfortableness uh, <laughs> of haggling with a sex toy. No, and plus, I mean, there's no reason to haggle when you're already getting 50% off. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's I, like... I'm talking about once you have it, you know. You can avoid the whole <laughs> prostitute thing, that uncomfortable bargaining period that just makes you feel dirty. So, uh, people, if you recall, last week was a little bit uh, different type of a show. Uh, we did an interview with Psycho Paul, who yes. is uh, Sick and Wrong's official EMT um, worker. Yeah, and, I feel uh, bad because one of our uh, normal callers used to be an EMT, but, you know, used to be. You know what's funny? As he can be the auxiliary EMT. Well, you know what's funny? As soon as we interviewed uh, Psycho Paul, I got like seven emails the next day from all these dudes saying, I'm an EMT. Oh, really? You know, I mean, I'm a paramedic. Uh, hey, you man. never called me. And it's like, well, how did I know? Right. You know, why don't you email me and call say, I'm in. a paramedic. Yeah, call in. Give us a couple stories. But so um, in light of last week's interview, Psycho Paul is the official sick and wrong EMT. But yeah, we're welcome to hear calls from all EMTs. So you can call the Sick and Wrong hotline. But Psycho Paul, Psycho Paul told a score of really good stories. Yeah. And uh, we asked the listeners to vote on which one they uh, thought was the best. And uh, Wackerly actually chose these three here. The <laughs> bloated fat corpse story. The puke prank, which I don't even remember that one. That was when he... Uh the junkie had puked up the frisee salad and oh, he pretended to salad. eat it okay. to make his uh, partner vomit, who did vomit, I believe. And then there was the anally inserted shower scrub brush. And then the, the one that you missed, actually, was the uh, the dildo in the guy's ass. That right. I didn't miss it, but I, I, I had to choose between two. I didn't want to have two anal insertion stories. Oh, okay. so, so I chose okay. the scrub brush one over the uh, the mayor, who had the, like the guy with the big black dildo. Well, it was a good choice, though, actually, because that got 120 votes. People Which one? Were, the shower the scrub shower brush? scrub brush. Okay. People were most uh, entertained by that one. Uh, second was the bloated fat corpse. And the uh, third one in the back with only 14 votes was the puke prank. I like the so, puke prank. Especially because he noted that it was frisé. Not just <laughs> lettuce, but like the special <laughs> fancy lettuce frisé. Well, we also have to do a recap of, sh of the show two weeks ago, episode 178. I don't even remember these stories. We did three really good listener stories. Uh, one was uh, listener one, Tom here, sent a story, A Lesson by Rape. Uh, listener two, Wyatt, sent a story about poop in the food tube. Uh -huh. A mother was giving a, uh, inserting fecal matter into her daughter's feeding tube. Yeah. And uh, listener three, Chris, sent in a story about a uh, future stripper who baked a cat. Well, the most sick and wrong story for episode 178 was uh, the poop on the food tube, Wyatt's story with 186 votes. 
Second to the future stripper who baked a cat with 136 votes because people are always, always affected by the animal uh, cruelty stories. Uh-huh. And the third was the lesson by rape, which I actually thought was the worst story of them all. For it, and that came in with 52 votes. Well, that's a significant number of votes. Exactly. So congratulations, Wyatt. Poop on the feeding tube. Uh, definitely took episode <laughs> food <tube>. 178. <laughs> the don't food me- tube. Don't mess with my poetry. <laughs> <laughs> so people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacken and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. We present them here on the show. The audience votes. Winner gets a case of beer. We also throw in a wild card submission uh, for the listener. So you can send in uh, your listener submission to Sick and Wrong Podcast at Hotmail.com or submit it directly to the Sick and Wrong Forum. Well, I don't know who started uh, the previous show. Yeah. Um, but let me kick off episode 180. My story involves a banjo being rammed down a man's throat. Wow, they have banjos in New Zealand. Did that happen? Because at first when I read this that, that headline, I thought, the story's got to be from Georgia. But did, did something like that happen in Deliverance, or was something else rammed down Burt Reynolds' throat? I think it was a hillbilly's cock. <laughs> <laughs> Which there, they, there was a banjo. There was a banjo, yeah. And there was banjo there was. music in that scene. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't actually a banjo. It wasn't actually a banjo. So there's no precedent for this story, which makes you happy. No, seriously, this is completely original. A Hungarian tourist used a banjo to beat a 69-year-old man before ramming the broken-off neck down his throat. Ferdinand Ambach, 32 years old, a dive master in Hungary. (laughs) What do you suppose that means? What, What is a dive master? It's like a scuba diving instructor. Do they even have anywhere to scuba dive in Hungary? There's a there's a septic tank <laughs> in uh, whatever. Uh, Rome, what's the what's the head? The city? back of someone's trailer. What's the city in Hungary? I don't even know. All I uh, I love the goulash, by the way. So don't get me wrong. And whenever I think of Hungary, I think of hot Eastern European chicks in the movie Hostel. I bet you they don't normally look like that. <laughs> but I bet you the hostels are very similar to the movie. Yeah, you'll get your skin ripped off. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, so Ferdinand Ambach here, the dive master, had pl- has pled not guilty to murdering Ronald Brown in Wanhunga, Auckland, which is New Zealand. Um, the jury was sworn in this morning. And get this, this is really interesting, the, the judicial process in New Zealand. Completely different than the jury selection process that we had, that we experience here in the States. Are sheep involved? You know, I bet you they are. <laughs> I'm sure there's like the sheep competition yeah. that weeds out the jurors. It's different from the giant boot they have in Australia <laughs> that just kicks you in the ass. It's like some sheep fucking sits Activity, yeah. yeah. So the jury was sworn in this morning, and this afternoon, the entire jury was taken by bus and shown several premises where the accused went on the night of the incident. So you actually get a road trip. It's like a field trip. I know, a, f- a field trip. They went to an internet cafe, they went to a couple gay bars, they went to a liquor store, and then they ended up in uh, Mr. Brown's flat. Did you, is, did you just make that up? Because that sounds like an awesome day. No, that's, that's the, the list <laughs> that's here the of actual, all the places uh, that they went, all the premises. Yeah. And they, dude, that would never happen in this country. Jury duty would be awesome. Dude, a liquor store. A road Some trip. gay bars, a sheep farm. Wasn't that in there? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I'd love to be on a jury in New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the case that I got that uh, I, I wasn't selected for, but 
I mean, it just occurred in the Tenderloin right up the street. It's like, I don't, I don't want to go on a road trip, like, you know, four blocks away from the courthouse. Could you uh, drop me off in my apartment? <laughs> it's right there. I'll and they you guys also, later. And even funnier is they brought the prisoner along with them to all these premises, and he was flanked by three security guards. I was going to say it was in like a Hannibal Lecter mask or anything. He had handcuffs and security guards. Uh, the jury consists of three men and nine women. Uh, they were told by the Crown Prosecutor that Mr. Brown uh, was assaulted, the victim here, was assaulted with a 2.7 kilogram banjo. He was struck to the head with a number of blows. The accused, Ambeck, allegedly met Mr. Brown at the 306 bar in Wanhunga, which is known to be a gay bar. Uh, Mr. Williams told the jury there was misunderstanding between the men. Mr. Brown <laughs> wrongly assumed that Ambeck was gay. Uh, I thought maybe it was a pitching and catching situation. <laughs> I'm pitching. No, I'm pitching. No, no, you're a catcher. No, no, can pitcher. we go? Can we? Can I reverse you a couple seconds here? Did you say there was three? men and nine women on this jury yeah three men and uh, nine women mm. why do you think it's mismatched no i'm just saying you're going out drinking at all these gay bars and at the liquor store and there's three women to every man i'm it's dude i'm telling fun. you new zealand juries <laughs> are the bomb they seriously are I never knew so much this, fun. how fun it was so i don't understand how there could be this this always amazes me and when you when you hear about this, this is obviously a gay bashing even though it's rather severe with a banjo and all it sounds like gay on gay bashing yeah but we, we don't know that well, I'm, I'm just making that up they, they claim that there's this misunderstanding between the men the guy met the guy at a gay bar they right. end up going so <laughs> to the dude's house that's where the misunderstanding the occurred. The accused was at the, a gay bar. And that's where he met the other guy who invited yeah. him back to his house. I, okay. I don't know. Maybe in Hungary, you, the, you can't tell the gay bars from the straight bars. Or maybe in Hungary, you know, it's a third date thing where you ask for a blowjob and it was just <laughs> impropriety, you know. Well, so there's a misunderstanding between the men with uh, Mr. Brown, the Hungarian, wrongly thinking Ambach was gay. A heated argument broke out between them where Ambach is accused of severely beating Mr. Brown with a banjo about the head. He was struck five times before Ambach rammed the broken-off neck of the banjo down Mr. Brown's throat. Mm. So really, this should be a lesson for all our gay listeners, uh, my brother included. If you're at a gay bar and you meet a guy and he invites you back to his home, and I'm not Hungarian. saying don't go back to his home, but no, I'm not even saying if he's Hungarian. If you go back... To a gay man's home or any man's home, and there's a banjo lying against the wall, be wary. Grab it. I would run. I would run. I mean, dude, think about deliver. Think about the. Unless it's Steve Martin's house. If it's Steve Martin's house, you're probably all right. I mean, you don't want to. Uh, you're gonna laugh. You don't want to. You don't want to miss out on some hot gay Steve Martin sex. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you're going back to like some random dude's house, and there's, there's a, a banjo, banjo. just kind of lying against the wall. I would. That's the first thing. That's a red flag. It is. It's, it's a, a red, gay, ha red, red it's, hanky. It's a red hanky, <laughs> that banjo. Eject. Get out. Abort. So uh, police arrived on the scene. They found Mr. Brown badly injured and Ambach yelling in Hungarian, throwing furniture through an upstairs window and onto the lawn. <laughs> I, I don't know if this guy's like the Hulk or something, just picking up couches, tossing them out the window. But maybe, maybe it's a Hungarian way to express anger. Uh, Ambach told police in an interview he could only remember parts of what happened that last night. I imagine he remembered throwing his plasma TV out the window. Uh-huh. Would like to forget it. 
Um, the jury would have to decide whether Ambach's actions caused Mr. Brown injury, whether he knew these injuries would cause death, and whether he was reckless or not. Well, there's a foot and a half of banjo fret down <laughs> your throat. I'm going to say that it caused him injury. Yeah, and I imagine shoving that banjo, you know, <laughs> neck down his throat. Right. He probably knew that it was going to cause a little bit of injury. Probably. A little discomfort. Why, yeah, why would you not think that? I don't know. The court was told 65 witnesses would be called throughout the trial, which was expected to last three weeks. 65 witnesses. This is all the fabulous people that were at the gay bar. Well, that's what I wonder. I mean, how many people witnessed this thing? Like, was it all the people at the gay bar, the internet cafe, the liquor store? <laughs> I mean, it sounds the dude's to me. Neighbors. Yeah, it sounds to me that, uh, you know, this guy, you know, he, he met this dude. You know, at the bar, they went to the internet cafe, maybe to, like, look for gay porn or something. Right. Cruise for gay porn, go yeah. to the liquor store, you know, get some uh, vodka for spritzers and uh, some poppers, go back to his house. Whatever the hell else they eat in New Zealand, I have no idea. <laughs> and Mr. Brown's fatal mistake is he looked at the banjo and thought, wow, that's cool, can you play me a song? Yeah, he was like, oh, so you play the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, banjo neck down his throat. That's so on the sick and wrong star scale... Gotta give it points for originality. Yeah. I mean, it's... Some points for, you know, uh, creative use of a musical instrument. Tool of death. For that reason, I'm giving it a 4.75. I'm giving it 5. You're giving it a 5 star? Because a banjo neck, I guess you call it, right? Isn't that what they call it in the story? Yeah. Is larger than a man's throat. Even a very large man's. Yeah, I guess it, no, it <laughs> is so larger really than an esophagus. jam it down there. And there had to be some tearing, and uh, I assume there was some, like, twanging, because the <laughs> strings are still... And it's just like... Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, I and, imagine... Uh, it's a disturbing scene. It is disturbing. I'm I appreciate five. the five stars. We'll, we'll see what the listening audience has to say. What do you have for uh, episode 180 over there, Rackley? Uh, I have one of those only in China stories. Only in uh, China. A lady named Lin Zongju from southwestern province of Sichuan. <laughs> Sichuan? You're butchering those, uh, pronu- those uh, pronunciations. I don't care. <laughs> you're, dude, seriously, you're going to have like the Falun Gong coming after you. <laughs> oh, man. Are they going to Tai Chi my ass to death? I'm very frightened. Uh, well, she heard in 2008 that soup made with a man's head could help cure her daughter who had suffered from psychiatric problems for years. Undisclosed psychiatric problems. See, that's why I've never... ADD. That's why I've never put any stock in homeopathy. Those natural Mm. remedies never work. Right. Sorry, people. Prozac all the way. Ritalin. Ritalin. Not soup made from a man's head. (laughs) I mean, seriously, what planet do you live in? China. Well, uh, this woman, Lynn, and her husband decided to just go, go full force at the homeopathic medicine. And, uh, you know, where do you get a head? Well, from a person. <laughs> All right. <laughs> how do you get a head? Well, this is how she did it. She actually enlisted the help of a man in December, uh, a ne'er-do-well, I would assume, because he knocked uh, unconscious a drunk 76-year-old passerby before beheading him. Well, okay, so they... They sought out the help of a younger person or just some random ne'er-do-well? A tougher person, a kind of slow person, I think. You know, gave a couple bucks. He was okay. out of work at the time. So they found a ne'er-do-well. 
How did they pick their victim? Well, he was drunk and 76 years old. <laughs> in China, that's like way past your prime, right? Yeah, what, is, what is the lifespan in China? Like when you're, when, are there senior citizens? Is there? Well, you see like, a lot of old Chinese people, but they're kind of, you know, the, uh, I don't know, uh, what's the word I want to look for? The, I hardened, say, the hardened cream of the crop of longevity. But they're still working. I mean, they're still picking up bottles out of garbage cans. They're still taking care of their kids. Yeah, no, they, I mean, they're still working. So, I mean, maybe it's that ingrained Chinese work ethic. I, I don't know. <laughs> you mean like if I don't work, I'm going to fucking starve? <laughs> that, that's the work. I, in China, they don't have food stamps. It's like you work or you die. Yeah, there is no welfare. <laughs> no, no. Um, I lost my place. <laughs> okay, wait, all right. We were but at they, the... <laughs> they, found, they found some like master blaster big retard or, or chunk from the Goonies movie. Probably Bolo Young. He's no, out of work. He hasn't done anything for a long time, and he could easily rip a man's head off a body. Maybe it was Bolo Young. You're right. I'll, I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> um, but once they got the head, uh, the couple then gave their 25-year-old daughter soup made from the man's head and duck. No uh, indication of what part of the duck. A whole duck? Duck juice? That they I, I, but so, just the blood of the duck? I don't know. The beak? They, was the beak in there? You know, it's not news to me. Chinese people eat some weird shit. And that's not an understatement. So? I know Chinese yeah. people eat some weird things. Dude, I've walked through Chinatown. Yeah. I've seen the butcher shops. Rats, they, they, frogs. Pigs, ears, feet, eyeballs. They eat some weird stuff. But what I don't understand is, did she prepare the head in one pot and the duck in the other, combine the two, or was it head soup separately, duck, you know? It's oh, like, I think it's all together. I, I, I'm thinking it's duck soup in... A man's cranium served in the cranium. Oh wait, a, you're la... saying they hollered out the the brain matter? <laughs> well, I'm guessing, a la cranium, <laughs> a la head, duck a la head. You know, we only have what one Chinese listener that we know. Do we? Is she Chinese? Oh, Duramater. Duramater. Oh yeah, she could probably. T- I wonder if she has a recipe. <laughs> I wonder if she has a recipe for head soup. But she grew up in the south, not of China, of the United States. So maybe it's like a. A Cajun head duck soup, duck head recipe with a little bit on the spicy side. Well, isn't it genetic? You can be like, bam, emerald. But it's like they're genetically hotwired to like certain type of food items. So I imagine like maybe it's an ancient Chinese recipe passed down from a grandmother to her mother, and she's you know she would know it. Well, I think Duramater should send in the recipe, or maybe even jar up a sample of it. <laughs> I don't and know. Even if, if she does, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> It's just a dude's head. It's I just do, soup. It's not like bits of muscle. All I want to know is if they hollowed out the skull and she's eating the soup out of the skull with brain tissue or if it's just a head soaking in a bowl of broth. With a duck. With a duck. <laughs> it's That's a mystery. <laughs> a local court sentenced this guy who's been unnamed um, the murderer, the actual guy who, who cut the dude's head off, to uh, death with a two-year reprieve on Monday. The woman was convicted of helping to destroy evidence that included the culprit's bloody clothes and shoes. No word on her sentence. I don't know. What about the body? Uh, the dude's body? I, I will bet you dollars to donuts. They fed it they to something. <laughs> yeah, Some, fed it someone to something. ate that guy's body. Whether it was a person or a pig <laughs> that somebody later ate, at some point it went into a, a, a It Chinese was ingested by something. Yeah. 
But the murders, uh, so this is weird, this whole, like, de- s- sentenced to death with a two-year reprieve. They say that the murder's reprieve means that his sentence will likely be commuted to life in prison, a Chinese prison, which has got to be Just, horrible. I can't Although that's how Batman got all prison. his strengths. I don't know if you saw the oh, first yeah, one. Oh, yeah, 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 the first Batman. Chinese he learned prison. how to fight in a Chinese prison. Um, as long as he commits no further offenses in the next two years. Which I don't know how he's going to commit an offense in prison, but maybe they're a little more. So I don't get it though. They give you a two-year reprieve. Is it, are you free for two years? And no, then you're they come in prison. You? I think you're in prison. Okay. But as long so, as you behave yourself, you won't be killed. You just be there for the rest of your life. Interesting. So the uh, it was, so the wife acted independently from her husband. No, it does say that the couple gave their 25-year-old daughter the soup. But I guess the husband didn't um, really have any direct hand in the planning or uh, disposal, of, uh, disposal of the evidence, of so he's just being left alone. I'm Maybe he's a little slow himself. I'm surprised the daughter wasn't like, you put what in the duck soup? Man's head. Not eating it. Well, she has like, you know, autism or something. She doesn't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on. It's, like, it's undisclosed psychiatric problems. Um, so on the second wrong star scale, I would give that a five star. But since it happened in China, yeah. where atrocious, heinous acts occur every hour. The bar is set higher. The bar China. is set higher. I'm subtracting a point. I'm giving it four stars. A whole point? I'm going to give One it whole four, point. four and a half. I'm going to subtract a half a point. I mean, the, the head And actually, I'll subtract a quarter point for lack of detail, because we really, you know, they don't specify how this dish was served. So, 4.25. 4.25. All right. So uh, the listener submission here for episode 180, um, I actually received two stories, and I want to give one an honorable mention because it entertained me. Um, so this isn't the story, the official submission here. This is the honorable mention. It comes from Chris, the mad postman. He says, hey, boys, I thought this was pretty funny. Who did he think would want them? I started a thread on the forum to see what SNW listeners would be willing to pay or trade for them. Ha ha. Cheers, Chris, the mad postman. What <clears throat> what he's referring to here is a desperate man offered his wife's ashes on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. A man who tried to sell his dead wife's ashes on an internet auction site said medical debts led him to desperate measures. Uh, this, this man named Ashley McKinnon from northern New South Wales. Surprise, surprise. I kind of figured he was Welsh. There's too many different directions in that place name. Northern New South Northern Wales. Northern New South Wales. Is that the same as Northern South New North Wales or what the fuck? Dude, it's Wales. No one knows where they're going. <laughs> no. no one knows what they're fucking. They're all <laughs> trash. They're Welsh, yeah. Fucking sheep. Uh, he considered the money-making venture because he could not pay off the expenses associated with his wife's treatment. He says debts of more than a hundred grand made him put his wife's remains on eBay. Wait, How wait, much- wait, wait, wait. He's broke because of... He can't pay his wife's treatment, but he's selling his wife's ashes, so... So he took his wife uh, to the United States to receive uh, treatment for brain tumors, which cost him excess of 100 grand. And then she died, and, she died. and now he's trying to pay back the debt. Now he's in debt. So, Got it. Okay. Um, his last-ditch effort here was to uh, put her remains on eBay. What I don't understand is, what did he expect to make of her ashes? I mean, seriously, dude. This is just some random Welsh woman... Ed McMahon, who just died. How much do you think Ed McMahon's <laughs> hey, dude, ashes cheers. are worth? Um, we don't need to do a shot because it's just Ed no, McMahon. It's just Ed McMahon. Beer. Cheers. Cheers, Ed. Yes, <laughs> you are correct, sir. 
But no, I'm I kind of like the Ed McMahon of Sick and Wrong. More, no, but you, you play more than a role of a sidekick. You're a co-host, whereas Johnny was the host, and you know he was just like the yes man. Are you disparaging Ed McMahon on his team? He hasn't even no, his body's I'm, not even cold yet. I'm differentiating our show okay, from the Tonight Show, which was far more successful than we'll ever be. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, how much do you think Ed McMahon's ashes would be worth? Uh, nothing. But and uh, and this I say the same thing about this guy. It's a catch twenty two, right? You don't want to sell your wife's ashes to the guy who's willing to pay a lot of money for them, <laughs> because you know he's going to do dirty, perverted things with them. If yeah, somebody was no, like, I, oh, "I feel really bad for you," and you know, I, I'm not a wealthy person, but here I'd really like to give you fifty bucks to help you out with your problems. Like that's the person you want to sell the ashes to, and they don't even want it. They're just gonna be like, "Don't even send a man." But just here's fifty dollars. But Baron the von like, Helsing, I'll give you five thousand dollars for those ashes of your dead sexy wife. <laughs> you don't want to sell them to that guy because you have no idea what he's gonna. He's gonna do be with dipping them. his balls in them at minimum. And the yeah. rest of the stuff he's going to do with them, you don't even want to know, and I don't even want to think about. Well, I, I don't know. I, it, apparently, eBay ended up uh, canceling or deleting his, uh, his auction here. Fuck so, you, big women. We have no idea how much his wife's remains would have fetched. Thanks, Chris, the mad postman, for uh, sending that in. That's the honorable mention here. So here's the real story, which uh, comes in courtesy of Rob. Uh, Rob says... Hey, guys, would you wear this type of accessory? Love the show. Rob. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't think I would wear this type of accessory. Real-life Cruella DeVille skins ex-lover's puppy for a belt. It's mm. like that episode of The Simpsons, remember, with the 101 Greyhounds? Uh-huh. He, uh, Mr. Burns was trying to make a jacket. Yeah. What's funny, though, about uh, this story is it occurred in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Wasn't there a uh, Merle Haggard song? I'm just an Oki from, from Muskogee. Muskogee yeah. yeah, definitely. An Oklahoma woman is accused of being a real-life Cruella de Vil for uh, allegedly killing a puppy so she could use its black and white fur to make a belt. <laughs> Authorities say Crystal Lynn Lewis, only 23 years old. Crystal? 23 years old and to be this malicious, it's, it's amazing. She admitted to having a male friend repeatedly shoot her Jack Russell Terrier, Joplin, who was a gift from her ex-lesbian lover. Obviously named after Janis Joplin. Of course. Lesbians love Janis Joplin. Scott Joplin, not so much. No, Janis. Not the entertainer. All the way. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine what Janis Joplin's vagina must have smelled like? Whis I know it's heaven whiskey? to a lesbian. <laughs> I picture it to smell like, yeah, seriously, to smell like Jack Daniels and B.O. Do lice have a smell? <laughs> crabs, because I think she probably had those too. Dead crabs. So the the Jack Russell Terrier here, Joplin, was a gift from her ex-lesbian lover. She then allegedly skinned the animal after it was shot and started tanning its hide. Police caught Lewis before she could finish making the belt. Hmm. Lesbians are ruthless. They really are. That's why when well, I, this one is well, when I read this story, yeah, I'm I'm obviously speaking in generalizations here, but <laughs> when I read this story, I was thinking, it's not it doesn't surprise me that she did this as some type of like revenge to an ex lesbian lover, because do you recall that story we did a while back? If about you were to take a straight group of girls and a lesbian group of girls and have to pick 
which person did this, you would go to the lesbian group because there's some angry lesbians out there and it's a stereotype, but it's it's grounded in some type of reality. Dude, think of, uh, what's her name? Women can be extremely vindictive. Think of Elena Bobbitt. Yeah. I mean, they enact... Lorena Bobbitt? Lorena Bobbitt. (laughs) Lorena Bobbitt. Think of Lorena Bobbitt. That woman enacted probably one of the worst revenges I could even imagine. But she was straight. But she's straight, yeah. But I'm just saying women in general. Yes. So uh, get angry. Yeah, women get angry. And so then there's two women involved here. Hormones, what have you. It's like a double mint gum commercial, but for anger. (laughs) Double your anger. So when her former gal pal here, Jessica Nichols, confronted her about the incident, Lewis allegedly admitted that she was as heartless as the villain in Disney's 101 Dalmatians, Cruella DeVille. She said, "When when have you ever known me to have a heart? Oh, she's in that mode. The whole I am the Terminator mode of hate and This is a chip on the shoulder type of lesbian. This is like that lesbian Napoleon complex. I don't care about nothing. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if it if I'd consider it to be penis envy, if which stems this type of like complete anger towards other people. No, I think it's beyond that. But okay, think about it this way. I picture this woman to be really wiry, probably really thin, shaved head, some shitty skull tattoos. Who is that um... and just angry. Who is that workout woman that used to be... Suzanne Powers. Powder. Powder. Powers? Powder. Powers. Powers. Suzanne Powers. Yeah, that's the haircut I'm imagining. That spiky, short, blonde hair. I picture more of just like the shaved head, but she's like wiry, skinny, probably wears a lot of like tank tops. Smokes a lot of cigarettes. Smokes a lot of cigarettes. Uh Drinks uh, only beer out of a can. Maybe some George Dickel once in a while. But if she was a dude, she'd be one of those short, kind of skinny dudes that's always picking fights with guys larger than him. Uh huh. It's the lesbian Napoleon (laughs) complex. Lesbolian. Lesbolian complex. That's what I'm calling this. So uh, apparently, here the uh, um, the girlfriend gave the puppy to Lewis because she could no longer take care of him. When she later asked for the dog back, Lewis wouldn't return him out of spite. I imagine. Lewis had, a, dead. Lewis had a male friend, 26-year-old guy named Austin, come over and pump a clip full of bullets from a 22 caliber pistol into the dog. Lewis then reportedly called Nichols to tell her what happened. But Nichols said she refused to believe that Lewis could be that cruel. She said she still wasn't sure she had done it until she saw, opened up the paper and saw her puppy's skin hanging there. Authorities went over to the house and they found the puppy's black and white hide pinned to a board and left to dry inside the apartment. The police officers who found Joplin said they were disgusted and horrified. Quote unquote, we're talking about a six or seven week old defenseless puppy. It's pretty heinous and sadistic. Do you know what a tannery smells like? I've never actually been. I imagine English leather cologne. Don't do it inside your apartment. Do it out on the balcony or in a, you know, other enclosed structure outside of your living area. Why do you suppose she hadn't finished making the belt? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have some ideas, but they maybe contradict your characterization of this woman as a small, wiry lesbian. And I'm thinking maybe... She was more on the larger scale. You're thinking big, uh, fat, burly dyke. Yeah, and maybe, you know, there wasn't enough material to get, you know, the belt all the way around (laughs) the the midsection. It's a seven-week-old puppy. How much material could you really have? Well, I mean, you know, 
you can sort of cut it in a way that goes around the body a couple of times like a corkscrew. <laughs> but still, there's only so much you can do. So on the sick and wrong star scale, the fact that this woman took a dog that she knew was a was a was so was so special to uh, her lover. Are you doing this again? No, I'm, doing, <laughs> I'm just saying. She she took an animal that she knew would uh, that would just completely affect her, just dis- destroy her lover. Right. The reason she did it was to purely fuck out of spite. This is yeah. purely out of spite, and the, the fact you know what what makes me think about it is what do you think she was going to do when she wore the belt? Do you think she was going to go to the lesbian bar up the street? Of course. You know, uh, the, the scissor hut. And I'll walk into the scissor hut and be like, look at my new belt. You like it? That's your dog. Uh-huh. That's what she's going to do. And since, yeah. since she was so vindictive about this, I'm giving it a 4.5. I'll give it a 4.75. 4.75. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's completely foul. God, that's higher than you rank the head boiling in water. Well, you know, a 76-year-old drunk guy, the mom is just trying to make her kid healthier (laughs) versus just angry lesbian who's doing this completely out of spite. And, you know, the amount of effort that she went to having her her man friend and, like, maybe she had to blow him or something and she doesn't even, you know, she hates the sight of a dick. Exactly. And then she has him shoot the dog and then they skin it and then she's tanning it in her her apartment on the wall all to spite her her ex-lover. I mean, that's just... It's a lot of effort. I almost... I think maybe I'll give it a five. (laughs) Jesus, Wackley. Not that it matters. You're generous. uh, You're the generous one tonight. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. People go vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, people, the show's winding down and uh, as usual, we tend to get to uh, phone calls, the Sick and Wrong Hotline. That's true. And uh, email, stickerwormpodcast at hotmail.com. Before we get to that, a quick word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com, courtesy of Trucker Paul. Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle, D-I-D-D-L-E, and you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. Adios, lick my balls! As Paul said, people go to adamandeve.com. You get 50% off just about any item when you type in diddle for the offer code coupon checkout. Go get that butt plug you've been waiting six months to get. I know you want it. And if it's over 17 bucks, they'll throw in a free gift. Maybe you'll get like a smaller butt plug. Or when, uh, starter kit? Yeah, starter kit. So, uh, yes, we got a couple phone calls to Sick or Wrong Hotline. People, you can call the Sick or Wrong Hotline, 206 206- 666-3846. Try to keep your message under three minutes and we'll try to play it on the show. So, uh, Wankley, what's call number one? Hi, Dean Lance. It's Nikki from New York. Just listened to episode 178 and I felt compelled to call in. Uh, specifically regarding your dirty talk gone awry discussion. I feel as though that if you are doing a really good job at fucking a girl, she'll allow a few verbal misfires so you really shouldn't focus so much on the narrative, but more so on the fucking. And also I wanted to mention that any part of your small 
black female fan base. Um, so let's show you that there are no racial or gender boundaries for truly uh, thick shit. Anyway, keep up the good work. I've been listening for over a year now. Love the show. And Lance, you can call me a filthy whore anytime you want. Ooh. Uh, Whoa, Wackerly. You got, you got something. I'm I got my blush on. You know, Wackerly, you appeal to the African-American female. <laughs> I would, you know, seriously, Obama should never let his wife around you. You got this, <laughs> like, you got this appeal to, like, I'm not saying all African-American female. I'm saying there's, like, a certain type, yeah. intellectual, kind of nerdy African-American females that just flow like a river when you walk into the room. Think how popular the show would be if uh, Michelle got Michelle Obama cheating with me. <laughs> <laughs> Obama <laughs> cheating with podcasting loser. You'd be on CNN. Yeah, it'd be I, amazing. I think it's funny that she says where you're allowed to like have some verbal misfires if you're doing a really good job fucking chick, which is a gigantic premise, right? Don't presume that we're doing a very good job fucking the girl. I know exactly. I think it's kind of reaching what she says there. I mean, it's like we're, we're probably doing an acceptable job fucking the girl. Above average. Above average, maybe, maybe, maybe slightly above average. Maybe a little below. Depends how much I've been drinking. But when the girl's asking you to say stuff, like, yeah, I mean, seriously, it's like we're coming up, we're coming up with stuff like off the cuff. You know, who knows what's going to come out of my mouth? Elsewhere. You're exactly. You're bound to blurt something stupid. Out. Well, no, you know, I mean, I'm just talking. Me personally, you know, I'm thinking of different characters in Seinfeld so I don't blow my load. Not Elaine, though. Not Elaine. No, I'm looking at <laughs> Newman. I'm thinking of Kramer. I'm thinking of Jerry. Dude, think about next time you're having sex, think of Jerry Seinfeld. You can stave back your orgasm for yeah, a good, like... very unattractive man. <laughs> no, seriously, dude. I, I just go through the cast of Seinfeld without Elaine. But then, I mean, okay, so then what would happen? I'm like, is are going to start saying, like, Seinfeld lines? <laughs> That's going to ruin the mood. Is that considered a verbal misfire? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, you're putting me on the spot trying to think of Seinfeld lines. No, I, I can't even think of a Seinfeld line off my I'm head. I'm sure but. there's probably one Seinfeld line that would not work very well. But so, I don't know if you noticed, but Nikki said that she's another black listener. Yeah, Year's no, that's, that's why I was bringing up your attraction, the, the attraction have, you have oh, yeah, to the black right. girls. But I think we need, so before we said that we need to like hang out in Chicago with uh, that girl and all her <laughs> black friends. Maybe we need to have a sick and wrong Black female expo. World tour. Central. Lo- no, no, get them all to come to one place. That's a good idea. You know, <laughs> maybe we should do that. <laughs> well, thank me. you, Nikki. Be fun for me. Thank you, Nikki, for calling in. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for the Sick and Wrong Worldwide African American Female Tour. <laughs> What's call number two? Hey, I took a friend of mine, big fucking like six foot five white dude from the Boondocks. That's that fucking. Black Muslim Bakery in Oakland. You guys were talking about a while ago. And he got... I love this guy's voice. <laughs> listen, seriously, listen to that vocal delivery. I knew this big guy. Six foot five big motherfucker Black Muslim Bakery. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... It's just He's straight one, out of Arkansas. It's gotta be Arkansas. But it, it's, it's all like connected. And he got some bean pies and shit and they've treated him like he was the worst person ever. <laughs> They're all, you want some bean pies, Whitey? Fuck you, nigga. 
Thank you for that. He doesn't breathe between words or sentences, really. There was maybe two breaths in that whole call. Yeah, but he got right through that salutation. <laughs> that was He's good. He's worried about the three-minute cutoff. Wacker, I love how you play the uh, black girl's call followed by the white supremacist call. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity call screener <laughs> so you know it's interesting he brings up the black muslim bakery i don't know why we mentioned that in the past oh uh, because you know that dude got murdered and they shut down is that what we were talking about i'm sure it was. i don't know but you know i have extensive experience with that place i used to uh, work in emeryville there's a black muslim bakery right in san pablo in emeryville i went there almost every day for lunch because they have a damn good I'm fish sure sandwich technically in oakland by the way it's oh is that oakland it's not yeah. okay that's that's Hooker Row right there. I mean, speaking yeah, that, of but hookers, not during the day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on the weekend, yeah, it is. I, you know, actually, I probably did see a few hookers, but I don't know. I remember going to the Black Muslim Bakery and getting this whitefish sandwich, and it was really good, by the way. But at first, like the first probably two weeks of me going there, just the worst service. I mean, they would stand and just completely ignore me and I'd be like hello how you doing black Shalom. Muslims <laughs> I love the white fish <laughs> if they knew I was Jewish who knows what they'd have done to my food well they would have spit on your food and they probably did know and they probably did yeah they probably did just cause I'm white but anyway after the two week part you know the two week trial period or whatever and me continuing to go back there despite the fact they're giving me shitty service they actually became kind of friendly they're like oh hey how you doing I'll talk to them well now you're a cash cow yeah, and I used to go in there and I'd buy, you know, a soda or, or they don't, they don't no, soda. soy milk or yeah. whatever. I don't know That's what that would be. That's one of the big things yeah. that they're against is sodas. A little soy milk or whatever and a whitefish sandwich. And uh, they were really nice to me. So, people, I recommend the food of the Black Muslim Bakery. It's it's, it's defunct. <laughs> what, they don't have it anymore? No, it's all this thing where they murdered the fucking news reporter. The whole operation shut down. Now that's a shame. They, they have, have other damn sh- good whitefish sandwiches. Well, you can't get it anymore. But I do think they like spun off some like shell companies where you could probably f- somebody's probably still making the whitefish sandwich. They're, but they're not going to be called your Black Muslim Bakery. Wackley, just promise me you won't tell the rabbi that I've been going <laughs> going to the Black Muslim Bakery and getting whitefish. I will not. Now you owe me. <laughs> What's call number the three? Easiest paper I've ever done. <laughs> All right, this is the long one for the night, but it's worth it. Hey, Dean Lance. This is Scott in Iowa. Um, Scott from Iowa. I wanted to call and tell you. Big up. I just listened to the last show, and I was an EMT in the state of Iowa for uh, six years. And I want to tell you a story. One time we got called to a possible dead victim that had, uh, it was a bomb that had died on the railroad tracks. And uh, I like the fact that Scott uses the term bum <laughs> straightforwardly with no, you know, regret. Just it's not a homeless person, a bum, a dead bum. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is it's actually a misnomer because he mentioned railroad tracks. I, I know hobo. You're this. <laughs> it's probably a hobo. It's a hobo. But if, was there a bindle? A bum could cross the railroad tracks, and that does not make him a hobo. But if the bum had, bum had a bindle? And if he'd been riding the rails, then that's a hobo. Then he's a hobo. We don't okay, really so we don't really Maybe know. Maybe Scott knows what he's talking about. Maybe he just he discerned that this was just a bum crossing the tracks. Crossing the tracks. So generally in those type of deals, you know, if they're recently dead, we'll try to, re- you know, start CPR and try to revive them. But 
if they're dead, dead, like rigor mortis is set in. Then we call the medical examiner. You poke with a stick. we just wait for the medical examiner to come out, and we help him, you know, load the body up and stuff. Well, this was a guy who, he was very well bloated, and, um, the, uh, he had, like, I'm really well bloated. I mean, <laughs> I was about to say, is he talking about a fat guy, or is he talking about a guy that's in like third stage decomposition or something? I'm just saying, like, I'm not in super good shape, especially right now. And yeah, wackily, you are very well bloated. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm, am I taking my life in my own hands? Like the paramedics are gonna come out and be like, that guy's bloated. We're not even gonna help him. And I was like, yeah. wait, wait, I'm just. It's alcohol bloat. <laughs> Help me. Maybe I'd better cut down. The headphones on and the headphones kind of molded into his ears. <laughs> and so anyways, the medical examiner gets there and he asked us if we would help him to lift the body onto his, his like, cot thing that he had. And um, so we did. And I picked up the feet and the other guy picked up the head the guy that was on my truck with me and um this guy popped and I mean he split into and maggots <laughs> just spilled out maggots and guts Ooh. it was the most disgusting thing I think I ever saw sounds like people dead um but uh so basically we more or less had to lift the two parts and kind of <laughs> kind of scraped him up onto like a backboard and um Put him on the cot. Uh, we just let the medical examiner take the uh, backboard. But yeah, it was just a bum that had died along the railroad tracks. And, uh, I thought it was disgusting though when he popped it. I mean, you. Scott thought he was disgusting. My opinion. <laughs> I thought it was pretty gross when the dude split in half and maggots went everywhere and some like pieces of intestine. But just that's just me. I love how he uses the word "not split in half." Popped. <laughs> it's just like I wonder what the sound was. It probably was a pop. I mean, he said it was bloated. Yeah, oh, God, disgusting. Just my opinion, though. It's maybe some people would find that gross. I'm not sure. I don't want to pass judgment on anybody's <laughs> perceptions. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many maggots were inside this dude, and they just came out. That was about made me hurl, but that was one nasty story. If you want, if you like this, I'll. Call and tell you some more nasty stories sometime. Have a great day. Bye. Yes, Scott. Do you even need to ask? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Scott. Feel free to call in anytime with one of your nasty stories. SFI. I mean, seriously, dude. We play the stories that he has about fecal metal all the time. Don't we? We play like shit well, stories I, from Scott yeah, all the time. With this, with this shit theme for so long, we played so many of those calls. We didn't even know he had these EMT things going on. I think he's really trying to like develop his oeuvre well no exactly i think he's more than just a one-trick pony it's not all shit stories with scott but from at the same Iowa. time he's managing it he's slowly leaking the information out exactly he's building expectation yeah so yeah scott, I think he has an agent scott feel free to call us scott from iowa right there all right last, last call. one is uh i'll just let you hear it hey motherfucker Oh, I just want to ask you guys a question about the the lot lizards. <laughs> How deep are their vaginas? Hey, if you could answer my question on the next podcast, I really appreciate it. Lick my balls. 
Yeah, I'll bet you 30 bucks right now that kid's balls haven't dropped. <laughs> I love how that kid's obviously a huge Trekker Paul fan. And he's also obviously maybe like nine or eleven. I think he's nine. I think he's nine. Trucker Paul is just having a bad influence on the children of America. But do you remember? It's great. <laughs> do you remember when you're a kid, you would try to like assume this like deeper voice to and try to act to the older? Radio station or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that. Hey, sick and wrong. Um, and you can hear him coughing yeah. too. Oh, no. Kid, we know you don't have any pubic hair, all right? It's, it's, it's like the, the, the cat's out of the box. Don't worry about it, okay? He has braces with the big rubber bands, like Dude, coming down between too his young teeth. for braces. He probably hasn't lost his baby teeth. All right. So you're but wondering- actually, but let's not obscure the fact that he had a legitimate question. How yeah. deep are the lot lizards' vaginas? And you know what, though? To be honest, Wackily and I... I can't no answer that question. I have no experience. We, we have no experience in that in that matter. So really, we can't answer that question for you, kid. <laughs> so the only person who can answer that question is Trucker Paul. So uh, stay tuned. I'm sure Trucker Paul is going to listen to this episode, and he'll call in, and he'll let us know how deep the vaginas are for um for you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, kid. I'm sure they're deeper than your baby dick. But still, Trucker Paul, how deep is a lot lizard's vagina? The question has like been posed. <laughs> People, call the Sticker Wrong Hotline at 206-666-3846. We always love to hear from you. Got a couple emails here at Sticker Wrong Hotline, or Sticker Wrong uh, Podcast at Hotmail.com. Uh, one came from Clubber. He says, all right, lads. In a previous podcast, he mentioned he was sick in his sleep when he was pissed. I'm never sick, but a short while ago I had a tendency to. When absolutely bladdered, unknowingly get up and piss in different parts of my room mm. and anywhere <laughs> upstairs in the guy. house. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Um, thinking I was in the toilet. My room smelled like a hamster's cage after about the third time. One morning That's after... you got to put the cedar chips down. <laughs> One morning after a session the night before, the whole house kept fusing... When we switched something on upstairs, later we found a little puddle behind a mini fridge we had upstairs where I must have pissed on the plug socket and the fridge. I can't help but think how lucky I was that my dick didn't end up looking like a key ring sized lightsaber as the electricity would have passed up my Jap's eye. <laughs> the fridge was never used again before if before you ask. A friend of mine called Bean also had a similar quirk and pissed on his brother's head. Have either of you had this terrible affliction or maybe even worse, shitting in your sleep? Spud and train spotting. Cheers, Clubber. You know, Clubber, I got to commend you. I've never actually used the term Jap's eye, although I think I'm going to start using that term. This guy's British for sure. It's got to be British, yeah. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I don't piss in my sleep. It's happened to me never. once. It's happened to me once. I think you were there, actually, when it happened. I blamed it on my girlfriend. I had a bunch of people sleep over. <laughs> that one New Year's, we saw the John Spencer Blues explosion. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I yeah, I was really drunk and I pissed. But it happened to me once. I've never been a pisser. I actually wake up, even if I'm dead drunk, right. and I'll get up and run to the bathroom. That time he was referring to, I ended up just puking my bed because I was just too lazy to get out of bed. Right. It was easier. But has this ever happened to you, actually? I've pissed, um, not the bed, never pissed the bed, but I have done what he's done, gotten up and pissed somewhere strange, maybe like twice over, you know, 20 years of heavy alcohol consumption. But, you know, 
you you know we we have a friend who's notorious. Okay, now now you're referring you, you, you to our. One, you give him one beer, and if he's like in a strange place and he sleeps on the couch, he's gonna piss in the stereo or whatever. You're you're thinking about you're referring to our roommate in college. Our roommate in college. We lived in a place, nine guys, one girl, and uh, there's one guy in particular who was quite an avid drinker, <laughs> if I may say. I mean, this guy yeah. drank copious amounts of liquor. But he was the type of guy that would piss on your girlfriend. I mean, if you if you're sleeping the night, if you were spending the night to leave your door unlocked. door open. Yeah, like if you're spending the night on the floor in our living room, he was the type of dude that would stumble around, having no idea what he was doing, and would no, pee on not your on girlfriend. Purpose. He thought it was a bathroom. He thought your girlfriend's face was a toilet. So when <laughs> and depending on the girl. Who I can blame him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I lived with a guy. Uh, back then, I told him, I was like, you know, I'm good friends with you. You're my buddy, and I like you a lot. You come into my room, and you pee on anything in my room, I'm punching in your face. I don't even care if you're, you know, uh, walking around in your sleep. <laughs> I'm punching it you. It's sleepwalking. It's, yeah, somnambulism. But I don't even care. If you're walking around in your sleep, I will punch you in your face. Right. You got to punch him in his face before he pees on if so he wa- I, I, if he- I threw a, a spiral notebook at him with like the hard wire, wire Did spiral. Did it work? Yeah, end over end like a nunchuck. And yeah, like <laughs> caught him in the cheek and cut a big gash in it. And he was like, this isn't the bathroom. And he went and peed on something else. So, okay, I'm not going to address this directly to Clubber because Clubber's obviously one of those like night pissers. Yeah. But what I want to say is Clubber's friends, keep a spiral bound notebook mm. at hand. Something that will... Zoom quickly through the air and deal a lot of damage. A cricket ball. Get a cricket ball and just whip it. Right like, to the just nose. Just ball it right to the nose as soon as he walks in the room. And actually, I think it's completely warranted, so don't worry about it, Clubber. You don't have to ask his permission first. That's what I always said. I'll punch you in the face what if you walk you in my room. What about when you were in. You were in your rights to Are punch me right in the that face. Was uh, on purpose, or was that? No, I was drunk. I was. I. I. I, I forgot about that. That was the second times. time. The second time I've ever done it. But had you caught me, you could have punched me in the face. I was out of town. Yeah, you were. I know. Stay in your place. Uh, thank you, Clover, for writing that in. Uh, second email here came from a guy named B. He says, "Hey, fellas, I sent you a story. Didn't make it to the cast, uh, and a couple fucked up pics and shit. Never mind that." A friend of mine turned me on to your show, um, and I decided to start from Podcast One. I'm on 64 at the moment. That was your April Fool's Day one. Remember that? You bastards. You had me going for a sec there. In any event, I'll stop spewing shit. I found some bacon-flavored vodka via the same friend that got me into you uh, two dweebs. My question is, D, you're a veggie. Would you actually drink that shit if I sent it to you? We have a theory that it tastes like bacon because it was distilled through an actual pig. Not kosher. Uh, it can't be any worse than that shit Lance keeps almost puking on the fast, few past casts. Again, I'm only on 64, but I'll get there. I think he's referring to that Thai whiskey. Oh, god damn. I love the cast. I'm officially addicted. You make my life in hell in a cubicle the best days yet. Let me know if you want some swine vodka. I'll try to keep the flu part out of it, maybe. Admit it, though. That'd be a great podcast if one of you had swine flu while doing the cast. But I wouldn't do that to you. Maybe. Cough. B. Yeah, don't give us swine flu, please. And no, but give us bacon vodka. Yeah, seriously, it's like. Would you drink the bacon vodka? You know, I don't. It's artificial bacon. That, there's no way that no, they use no, real bacon. No, it's not. It's real bacon. 
Are you sure it's real bacon? Yeah, they make it. You can verify it's real bacon. They make it in that Alameda distillery. It's like bacon fat and huge chunks of pork in the bottom of a big vat of vodka. I know, Wackley, you might not be aware of this, but uh, bacon and pork are food of the white devil. So, no, I would not be eating that. I'm the white devil. I love it. Exactly. So, uh, B, you can send that bacon flavored vodka, but it's going to be all Wackley drinking that. Send it. <laughs> <laughs> and But people, I mean, in general, not just be here. Keep in mind, Wackerly and myself, we love alcohol. And we would never deny you sending us alcohol. One of us will drink it. What, one of us, most I likely mean, both of us. But in the case of a meat-flavored vodka, it's all going to be me. Speaking of... Uh, I mean, there might be a tofu vodka that you could have. Not that, and tofu I vodka. Touch. Send it. <laughs> Speaking of gifts of vodka, uh, we actually got a really cool gift from uh, the mail handler, uh-huh. Matt, the mail handler. <laughs> he sent a half gallon, a half gallon, people. That's a lot of a lot of rum of uh, Sailor Jerry rum. Yes. Like, uh, I think yeah. we've spoken about it previously on the show. And I've been trying it, and it's fantastic. You've been so wackily. Are you like halfway through that thing already? Uh, yeah, pretty much. He actually, sent, and the reason is he sent it a while ago. But it's taken us a while to – it took me a while to get it from the P.O. box. And then last week I forgot the note so we couldn't remember who sent it. Yeah, but, dude, it's like half gone. You drank half a half gallon already. It's been like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent another – some other rum too, the red rum. You drink it – yeah, that's what I was about to say. He also sent a fifth of the uh, red rum, which I I've actually like – better. I've never had the red rum before. It's like kind of like fruity sort it's of. It's sweet. It's, it's sweet. It's flavors. But it's tasty. Uh, he I writes, may become a rum guy. So Matt writes in, uh, what's going on, guys? This is Matt, the mail handler. Here's that Sailor Jerry's I said I was going to send you. I also tossed in a, in a bottle of my other favorite rum called Red Rum. Red Rum is perfect drinking in a tumbler on the rocks, which I've actually been enjoying the past week or two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I noticed uh, it's very depleted. There's like a quarter left. Hope you enjoy later. No, dude, it, it tastes pretty good. I like the Red Rum. I actually like Sailor Jerry's a lot, too. So uh, thank you, Matt, for the for for sending us the alcohol. It's uh, we've been putting it to good use. He actually ordered it straight from Bevmo. Hey, uh, if you people don't want to deal with packaging it up and shipping it yourselves, just go to bevmo.com and uh, <laughs> send it directly through the internets. Thank you, mail handler. We're enjoying that. Uh, people, if you haven't already, check out the Sick and Wrong forum. There's like twenty two hundred members on there right now, and it's growing. I know we always bitch about lurkers, people not posting, and people just kind of checking it out. Mm-hmm. But, but, dude, I swear, there's, like, new posters every day. Every time I go to that forum, I'm like, who's this guy? And then they post something that's really disgusting and obscene. Right. There's so, one poster I'd like to commend, which is Hannah. Hannah? She's on fire lately. Uh, you know. She's become a lot more, like, proactive in her posts. And she posts all the time, and... Every once in a while, she just write something that just cracks me the fuck up. Yeah, but I think it's qu- quantity over quality. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. She says stuff that's hilarious. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to call it out. People go there and just read all her posts. What I love about Hannah, though, is Hannah's the first person to respond to almost anybody. Like As soon as you sign up and say, hey, you know, I'm from Tennessee and I drive a street sweeper, Hannah will be like, what's up? What's a street sweeper? And, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah. 
Or should we? Or some total non sequitur, like, yeah, I used to fuck myself with Barbie dolls. <laughs> my favorite. No, I do love Hannah's post. So it's a big up to you, Hannah. Also, um, I want to announce right now. We, I know we did the sick and wrong logo competition. And it's been ongoing, and I've been delaying it because it's been difficult to decide. I, I, I at first I thought we were gonna have a vote for it, but. It really comes down to uh, me and Wackerly deciding how much we're willing to spend on this particular and logo. And even you and I, are, we're dithering, are dithering, and we're just oh, yeah. wringing, wringing our hands and we don't know what to do. So the two designs that we've chosen are the uh, Manson pick and the Gacy pick, which were both designed by the same listener, Casey. So Casey, you're the official winner here of the Sick and Rock logo competition. You did a good job, the guy sent in. He's obviously a graphic designer. I mean, he he built those in Illustrator, and he did a good job. So we're going to use uh, one of those, two of those, I don't know, um, for uh, the uh, logo. And we have some other shirts to get rid of first. Right. We have our uh, existing design, and then we're going to probably make one of those two into the new Stick and Rock logo. I'd also like to announce that the uh, second-place winner, Mr. Dixon, with that diddle pick, which I'm going to use for a sticker. Yeah. I'm thinking that would be a, I love that diddle pick. It's just interesting to see that someone could personify diddle. Yeah. Into this the like raving character. lunatic with a knife. Yeah, I loved it. I, I thought he did a great job. So we're going to use the, congratulations, Mr. Dixon, for uh, creating the diddle pick. So Casey and Mr. Dixon are the winners of the logo competition. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be sending you some real prizes uh, very soon. And you know, we might end up using a lot of the other designs as well. I know uh, Redfield sent us in a couple cool designs. Someone right. sent us a really cool design of a sheep and like these leather boots that I thought might make a good sticker or something. So uh, thank you everybody for submitting logos. You guys are very talented. And as I mentioned before, I'm always impressed by the creativity of our audience. Um, some of the designs that were submitted, I was not so impressed with, but I, I imagine they were attempts at humor. Humor, dude. Humor. That's what I'm talking about. I was impressed with the humor, not so much the graphic design. Also, people, uh, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes and give us some more comments and, uh, you know, give us some more subscriptions. Every subscription you give to us on iTunes boosts our ranking. And I know we've already like beat the Christian podcast at one point. But now I noticed today. Ahead. I noticed today that they're two ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So people, if if you have the time, please go over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave us a comment, give us a give us a good rating, five star rating preferably, and uh, help us out. We'd like to beat the Christians because you know, it's, physically, that's just how it is. <laughs> also, uh, as I mentioned before, we do have a uh, a whole box full of T-shirts that uh, we need to sell. This is the last time we're going to print the current Sick and Wrong Blood Splatter design. Because once we make the new one, we're not going back. So it's a great way to Shit's support the vintage. show. Yeah. This is going to be a vintage shirt. So order now. It's a great way to support the show. And uh, be a member of the Sick and Wrong Army. So it's currently available at the Sick and Wrong store on the main page. And uh, you can order your shirt right from there. Thank you, everybody, for ordering shirts. I know, dude, I received like five or six uh, just the past couple days. Haven't had a chance to make it out to the post office. I'm going to do it today, or probably tomorrow. So uh, don't worry about it. They're coming soon. You'll be able to wear them by the weekend. Uh, and the sick and wrong song of the week was sent in by Saget is the Man. Apparently a big Bob Saget fan. He I says, agree. I love the podcast. Keep it up. I'm a cubicle rat who needs sick and wrong to get through the day. Here's a great Stephen Lynch song for you guys. The song's called Lullaby. 
And it's as moving, if not more moving, than you light up my life. Postscript here. (laughs) (laughs) The postscript here is, holiday sweaters are gay, you Jewy bastard. You're wrong. You know, uh, holiday sweaters are not gay. Okay? That's all I got to say. ironic. I do like the term Jewy. Not enough people use Jewy. J-E-W-Y? No, it's J-E-W-I-E. I-E. Oh, I-E. Yeah, Jewy. I don't, it's not a real word, so it's like, <laughs> I think Bush used that. Yet. Yeah, it's, it's a George Bush term, like you a neologism. You know, Merriam-Webster revises their list of words every year, so it's only a matter so of time. Eventually, Jewy might be a word. So we're going to end the show here with a Stephen Lynch song called Lullaby. You know, I kind of like Stephen Lynch. You ever, you ever heard this guy? You gave me some of his stuff, but it's hard to listen to. I mean, you don't just like put it on and relax. No, it's just it's kind of weird and unsettling. Yeah. But uh, thank you, Sagat is man, for sending that in. Sick and, song, sick and wrong song of the week here, Lullaby by Stephen Lynch. People will be back next week with episode 181. Until then, take it sleazy. Good night. Home from the bar, visits his bookie.
one new 